I'm Ben Rackey, and this is the Rangers of Motion podcast. guys um i have a i have a really special guest on the podcast today um caro introduce yourself and uh tell us a little bit about your background awesome so okay my name is caro i am from namibia originally um i came to the states about five years ago to play college golf and now five years like five years later i'm a strength coach so <laughs> kind of a lot happened in between that uh collegiate strength coach at the moment um I started off, I feel like everyone starts with injuries at some point, right? That's kind of what gets most of us into this field. Um, started with an interest in athletic training, um, really intrigued in like rehabbing my own injuries, making myself stronger. Um, with golf, lower back stuff is very like golfers struggle with lower back injuries so much. And I was never properly trained to um, to deal with these things and work out the imbalances and get stronger for golf and so um kind of went through that with athletic trainers and trying to rehab myself get myself stronger and through that kind of came into the strength and conditioning side of things and just completely fell in love with it yeah. <laughs> making yeah. it different uh, that way. yeah awesome very very similar as far as like uh, you know playing a sport and falling in love with like the the weight room and stuff like that i was kind of the same way um so i guess like where the 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 direction I kind of wanted to go with with the podcast is like you know just like who what 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 sport what sport populations you work with um, and have worked with and like who you're working with currently and um, yeah. let's just start there. <laughs> and awesome, then- yeah, um, yeah. So I work with five teams at the moment at the university I'm I'm working with. Um, it's a D two university in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula, Northern Michigan. Um, I work with mainly female athletes. That's kind of my population, my specialty. <laughs> uh, I work with women's basketball, women's soccer, women's lacrosse, the men's and women's golf teams, and women's wrestling. So those are those are my my teams. I think it's in total, it's about I would say ninety to one hundred female athletes that I work with on a weekly basis, and then about ten male ten male athletes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So with, with that in mind, um, you know, we down at, down at pro force where, where, where I coach, we, we work with a lot of, a lot of female athletes. We were just talking like, um, a lot of our, a lot of our, a lot of our athletes right now are, are, are volleyball girls. Um, Mm -hmm. and obviously we have, we have soccer kids, soccer kids, basketball kids as well. Um, I guess like, I, I guess there's like two two sides of this that I want to kind of dive into. Like, what are the biggest struggles that you see with like female athletes potentially, um, whether it be like you know weight room specific stuff or like stuff outside of the weight room um, in regards to like lifestyle, um, you know, stress management, sleep, like nutrition, yeah. obviously nutritional factors. Like, what are some of the what are some of the biggest things that you that you see, um, where athletes are maybe, maybe falling short, um, 
mm-hmm. and, and, and that could potentially help their performance and help their recovery. Yeah. So the main thing with female athletes in general is the, the misconception of what strength training is and what weight training is, right? Um, social media kind of skews perception. If you follow like the fitness side of social media, you see a lot of girls working super hard, having amazing physiques. And so immediately the connection is, well, if I work out, like I'm going to have like a really like muscular physique. Right. And for some girls like myself, like that's the goal. (laughs) Right. Right. But for other girls, it might not be the goal to be super muscular. Right. So I have girls coming in my weight room and being afraid to lift heavy because they don't want to be quote unquote bulky. Right. And I feel like passing out when anyone mentions that to me. Right. just not it so girls being afraid to lift heavy like that is the main and like i mean we can bring in body image to this right and like so many other things and just because they've never because with female athletes mostly um d2 level as well when they step into the weight room as a freshman sometimes it's the first time that they've stepped foot into a weight room ever they've never been in a weight room so we deal with that and then we deal with girls that have been working out for years so it's everywhere in between and kind of bridging that gap and helping them kind of <laughs> realize how fun it is to be strong. Yeah. Like, you know, when like the training we do with that the performance training, um, you're not training for aesthetic and I think there's just not, people don't understand the difference sometimes if you're not in the field. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause like I, I have girls telling me for the last like three years, I, I want to lift my legs, but I don't want like super def- like a lot of definition in my legs. I'm like, do you know how difficult it is <laughs> to get definition in your legs? If they only, if they only knew. And like the amount of running, most soccer players and like lacrosse and so do like you're completely mitigating. Right, <laughs> like, like that's those are days. yeah, those are aerobic <laughs> activities, guys. <laughs> but it, but so. but but they don't. But yeah, like unless you're you know a. a an athlete who's really into, I guess, like reading strength and conditioning textbooks or like, uh, you know, biomechanics textbooks and like physiology, like, yeah, they're, they don't understand. And like you said, like from a cultural standpoint, like there is this like big misconception on like, you know, if you touch a weight, you're going to be as a female, you're going to become like bulky. And again, like you said, with performance training, yeah, like typically there, the, uh, any kind like there is some side effect like typically like yeah you do build a little muscle and like yes, look Chris. look look a little bit more you know you, you, you it makes you look better like perf- mm-hmm. you know quote-unquote performance but by the same token like yeah we're not lifting like bodybuilders like we're trying to help your athletic performance yeah and then like trying to teach them that that it's not it's not we're not lifting for aesthetics like this is not right. why we're here and I'm, i mean that can go both ways for girls being scared to lift heavy because they don't want to like look a certain way um or them lifting too much to look a certain way like working out with us three or four times a week and then still going to the rec center because like trying to adjust their body image right it's a whole body image and I mean social media it shows us extremes right everything right. on there is extreme yep. <laughs> like, yep. you're not seeing the average college athlete on there like that's not what's happening no. so in their heads like either scared to lift heavy or they're completely like overloading themselves to try and look a certain way and right and that's instead of prioritizing performance like I really try and especially working with female athletes choosing words carefully too when you talk 
(laughs) and like trying to explain stuff (laughs) not especially when it comes to nutrition um a lot of i that's another like little area coming back to your question earlier yep yep um it has been challenging to say the least to try and talk about nutrition without triggering any eating disorders or triggering any mental health issues. Um, and like, as a strength coach, like I can't tell them what to eat. I can give suggestions. Right. Sure. But I feel like sometimes I like, we think you can, you can give more suggestions than you think, you know, you can help them a little more. Um, but being careful, like choosing words carefully when you're talking about it, like in a positive way. So I try and um, connect I can do this on my social media a lot too, but food is fuel, right? Like just connected to the fuel aspect. Like you need this for your performance. Like this is yep. a performance enhancement. And this is that's why we eat during, before lift, after lift, before practice and so on to try and like, because for some, especially working with group, group like 30, 30 girls, like you, everyone's on a different level and their relationship is different with food, right? So yep. giving, <laughs> giving guidelines is tough. It's difficult. so hard. I don't want to like, I don't want to like encourage these girls to go track their calories and get yeah. obsessed with track of uh, calorie tracking. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's huge. And I mean, I think like you said, like, and th- again, like knowing your scope and like, we can't, we're not, you know, I've been around certain people that like, they're giving out meal plans and like, it's yep. like, okay, like you're not an RD, like that, yeah, you can't. that there's clear. Yeah. There's, li- there's yeah. literally clear guidelines here on like what our scope of practice is. Um, but yeah, like having, I, I obviously like having those general guidelines. And I think, like you said, like the way that you're speaking to specifically like female athletes and just females in general is like super, super crucial for um, them to understand again, that like, I, I, and I, and I do like the few, the, the food is fuel, like, and food yeah. is like, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a performance enhancer. Exactly. Um, it's a, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's a lifestyle enhancer. It's a sleep enhancer, like, you know, um, and the, the, the reality is like, I mean, I'll just ask you this question. Like how many of your athletes do you feel should be consuming probably more calories than they. all of them <laughs> yeah. so, like, so that's like the that's the that's the constant battle um you know even with you see it. these people like post online and like like lose weight eat less calories like like yes but but no right because like half the people that are struggling to lose weight right are not eating enough and like athletes Female athletes in general are not eating enough. They're not right. fueled enough. And they're not fuel, they're not eating for the intent to fuel. They're eating for the intent to look a certain way, right? Yeah. Which is a very big issue. And I it's also it's the it's the culture surrounding sport too and surrounding social media and like when it comes to females and body image and even male athletes. Honestly, even I like work with football. I interned for football teams for a little bit and even it's a little bit skewed for the guys because they try and get as big as they can. Right. And then even some guys struggle with gaining weight. They're, they're not eating enough of the right things. Right. Like they're trying to load with calories, but like, it's not <laughs> like nutritionally dense calories right. that they're trying to load with. So they're not getting the like necessary benefits that they need. I think it kind yeah. of goes both ways. Um, yeah. Just even, yeah. Just even like that. Yeah. Digest digestion wise. Like, yeah. Like those kind of things. And, it, but yeah. And, and I mean, that's something that like I struggle with. I was a football player, 
And, you know, from early on, like it was because like coming into high school, I'll go on a little bit of a rant here. My, I wanted to play, I wanted to play tight end and I was, you know, coming into high school, I was six foot, six, one ish, 185 pounds. You know, I, I kind of had that body for like a tight end. I was relatively, I was a little bit bigger than most kids, a little bit more, just, I was, I hit puberty earlier. So I was a little bit more athletic. I was a little bit more, you know, developed than some kids, but like the high school football coach was like, you're at the varsity level, you're going to play tackle. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I need you to be this weight by next year. So like, you know, in a six month period, I went from you know, 185 or 195 pounds after basketball season to 235. It's like that. And, and like, that was a slippery slope, like for yeah. like eating food relationship stuff for me, like going forward, like, and yeah, again, like, I guess gaining weight helped me at that specific position and that specific sport. But like, once like I was out in real life and like, you know, even when I got to college and I decided, you know, Hey, I need to get a little, I'm just for me, I want to get a little healthier. I do want to make a position change. Like I would like to play tight end. Like, you know, it was just like, there were a lot of, there were a lot of things that were going on there that were, that were not so great. And like still things that even I struggle with today. So, but it's, but, but even, but for, for, for football kids from a, from a nutritional stand, like, I mean, and, and what athletes I think need to realize in general is like, and, and, and again, like the, everybody around sports and like, you know, again, the sports centers of the world and the, you know, even like I had a couple of high school basketball coaches come up to me to, uh, after uh, I did, I did one of these, one of the local high schools strength and conditioning a couple of years ago before the season. And they came up to me and they were like, you know, this player and this player needs to look a certain way. And I'm like, well, let me stop you there because you're playing the sport of basketball, you're not getting judged on what you look like. So at the end of the day, again, do we want, do we want our athletes to be metabolically unhealthy and have high levels of body fat? Absolutely not. Like that's, that's not healthy. And like healthier athletes are typically better athletes. Like Mm -hmm. we we want our athletes to be healthy now by the same, but by the same token, like you need body fat, like athletes need some body Mm -hmm. fat to like be able to like perform at their best being mm-hmm. in the single digit body fat or like super low body fat percentage, whatever it is, like, we don't even have to put numbers on it. We can just say yeah. like, it, it is not good for performance to be at super, super low levels of body fat and it can in- increase your risk of injury. And it's like, but getting people, you know, and again, the sports centers of the world, the Instagram, the, the Twitter, the like, mm-hmm. Oh, look at this guy. Who's a freak athlete, like with a six pack. It's like, well, you know, just Aaron Donald, for example, it's like, well, yeah, but like, he's just a freak. And like, he's, uh, he's at a higher body fat percentage than like what, you know, most people think he's just like, got really big defined abs, because he's strong, and he works out really hard. And like that. And and so like, we, I think we need to disassociate this whole thing of like, if you look good, you're going to perform because that's not, that's not really the case. No. And it, performance, performance and like aesthetics just don't, they're not the same thing and they will never be like, they're just not the way you look is not going to dictate the way you perform. <laughs> like it just will never. One thousand. <laughs> right? There's so many other factors. I mean, there's like, you know, performance in general, there's so many factors, so right. many. And um, it's just one of the little things that influence 
like the performance and yeah just like talking to because I think what people also forget and especially in a in a collegiate setting is most of these athletes are not going to be professional right most of the athletes we work with are college is probably going to be their end of line 100%. realistically yep. so are we training them to have like like are we in, like instilling like bad relationship with exercise bad relationship with food to look a certain way just to yes. perform for one or two seasons and then for the rest of their lives they're going to struggle with eating they're going to struggle going to the weight room like they're going to never want to work out you know like i love I, that you just said that literally just, love it yeah because like with me too with the, working with the female athletes like i want them to leave after working with me and want to go to the gym and be like working out is fun like i enjoy it you know um teaching them also like the basics like i can walk into a gym and know how to do a push-up i can do a deadlift i can do a squat with great form right i can do basic movements i can walk into any gym post-college and i can do a workout because like i have the basics right which so many people like miss that (laughs) no that's huge i i've 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 told several of the so you know several of the older you know the the upperclassmen in high school and like some of the college kids like you know there's a facility locally that like is all about just making kids sweaty and tired and sore. Literally they post pictures of kids puking, like in the puke bucket, like on social media, like high school kids, middle school kids. Like it's it's like, so so, like, you know, I tell the kids now, like, again, if you're doing some sort of a conditioning thing and like somebody gets like, it happens like that, Mm -hmm. but like priding yourself on that. And so I try to tell the kids, like we want to build a relationship where, yeah, like you're coming down here to the facility, we're having fun, like we're, you know, we're competing, you know, you're trying to jump higher, run faster, improve your sprint times, improve your jumps, improve your, you know, strength with your, with, you know, each, each sheet that you get, each, each block that goes by. It's like, but the other thing is, is like, I want us, and we have a common goal down at the facility. It's like, we all want to facilitate such a positive experience that like you said, like when sports are over, whether it's in high school, college, whether you do get to play professionally, like I want you to like take these things and be able to continue because like exercise is one of those things in our society, unfortunately, because of how easy everything is. Like you don't have to move. You can literally sit at home all day in front of a desk. You can literally work from your computer. You can literally door dash your food. You can literally not, the only steps you have to take are literally to the bathroom. Like if you really, if you really wanted to live that kind of lifestyle, it's like, so exercise and specifically like strength training has so many benefits outside of just like even just like just general health like and so I want to facilitate like a really positive relationship with exercise so like you can do this forever like you just said like that and and like I don't I mean you're literally you're one of the first strength coaches like I've ever had a conversation with on a podcast it's like said that so thank you like that 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 is so that is so refreshing that's so refreshing yeah and it's like it it comes up with my relationship with the two I mean like I've been there right (laughs) like I've been I've worked out for golf like I've um and also like there's also a another thing we can go into about the misconception with strength training and golf that's another thing that I can write pages about (laughs) I'm gonna I'll write it down because we'll come back to it get back to that one but then um like I've worked out for aesthetic to look a certain way um coming to america and adjusting to the food here was in oh, the cafeteria dude. food college food was a little different for me and i gained weight naturally 
um, just as a female too, going through um, ages 18 to 23, 24, it happens. And um, so working out to look a certain way, I've tried. I've tried to track my calories and eat to look a certain way. I've tried to just do it for performance during season and stuff. I've tried CrossFit because it made you me just, sweat. You, you just posted about this, right? I, yes. I think I just, like yeah. I've tried so many things to try and like <laughs> – you know, make myself look a certain way or make myself feel a certain way. And like only in this last year that I realized like this is not sustainable. Like none of this that I've been doing for the last four years. Yes, I've looked great. Like sure I had abs for a while. But like none of this makes me genuinely happy. Like maybe for a couple of weeks, you know, but right. then it just kind of and like the factors of nutrition and then performance and then recovery and then everything was just nothing was balancing. Like it was either, like I was either focusing on performance so much, my nutrition was going up the door. Or I was focusing on nutrition so much, my performance was going up the door, right? right? Instead of using it to help each other, because all of it's like, all of it can help, you know, performance, nutrition, all of it goes together. So right. this last year, trying to work on my own mental relationship with my body image, not being a college athlete anymore, um, my food relationship, try not restrict myself and eat healthy and healthy in the sense of also with the fitness industry, pressing fast food, like not even fast food, like all these protein supplements and protein things that everyone's like shoving down your throat whenever you open TikTok or open anything. Um, going to a more like a whole food diet, eating more like actual protein, like chicken. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not, you know what I'm saying? And like, yes. there's a difference, a difference you feel physically going from like the fitness industry foods that people eat to cut, going to just eating for what your body needs, nutrition. Disgust, disgusting protein bars. Ugh. Literally, Gosh. like they're so close. I like chicken breast has more protein than that. And I'd rather just eat a dry cold chicken breast than eat right. half of the protein bars that are on the, on the shelves. I mean, just, like, or like, just feeling. like a good steak or like, uh, some good some good like roasted turkey lunch meat like it's <laughs> so much so tastier and it's way better and i mean the other i think the other misconception too with pro, like protein yes obviously protein super important for athletes but like yeah. the you know going on bodybuilding.com or like listening to like some of these you know fitness gurus or fitness people like on like you said like instagram or tiktok it's like yeah you you probably like you know anywhere for athletes in that 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 to one gram per pound ish. If you're like falling within that window, like consistently, like you don't need to eat like copious, copious amounts of pre like you need carbs, you need healthy fats. Like you need things for your hormone. Like you need fats for your hormones. You need carbs for, for energy, for performance. Like you, it's, 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 you, you don't have to, you don't have to eat so much protein that like you can't go to the bathroom. Like that's not normal. No, no, it isn't. And like, um, the carb thing too is like drives me nuts. Well, that's a huge, that obviously that that's a, that's a huge, um, obviously that's, that's probably a huge issue for, for female athletes. Oh my goodness. And like, like, and I mean, try and like, like I mentioned earlier, with trying to change the wording of it. And, and also like realizing that not everyone has our general knowledge about, right. and, and I forgot to mention this in the intro, but I'm finishing up my master's degree in exercise science. So it's more of a research based. So we dive into the research, the research out there, like reading it and like translating it to everyday things. Right. Right. Um, so, and like 
like kind of bridging that gap is what I'm trying to do with athletes, like the research and the physiological like side of nutrition versus like what's practically happening. Like what are, so instead of um, like explaining why do we need to eat before a workout? Like what is the use, right? <laughs> like well, why? And, and like, uh, I want you, I, that was kind of like my next step. I want you to kind of like talk to, talk to female athletes here. Like, yeah. uh, uh, cause I, hopefully I can, I can chat with some of the, some of the kids at the facility and like get them to listen to this episode yeah. and have them listening to, you know, a female strength coach who has experience working with female athletes. But like, I want you to, I want you to get on your soapbox, like talk to, yeah. talk to, talk to the female athletes right now. Like what, why, why, why a pre-workout meal? Why a post-workout meal? Why, you know, you should probably eat three or four meals, like evenly spaced out throughout the day, potentially like, you know, what, yeah. what are, what are, what are some of these big rocks, you know, talk about sleep, like talk about whatever you want to talk about, but I want you yeah. to get on your soapbox. Absolutely. So disclaimer, I'm not a nutritionist, right? Sure. I sure. just have knowledge, general knowledge in the, in the field, um, especially connecting to strength training and connecting to female athlete, athletic performance. So um, first thing, carbs, right? Carbs, what I think is a very big misconception in the general public is the main energy source substrate for your nervous system and for your brain. Like literally the only thing your brain can run off is glucose, which is from carbs. Like the only thing, <laughs> like it doesn't use anything else for energy. So what happens is that we don't have enough carbohydrates because your body physically breaks down protein in the muscles or the nearby areas to supply your brain with glucose. glucose. So if you're not eating enough carbohydrates, if you're um, limiting that, your body's using your protein to supply those glucose stores, right? And the process of getting protein broken down into glucose on like a, like a molecule level is not very great in a long term for like kidney health and just general like digestive tract health. Like it takes a lot for your body to do that. It takes a lot for your body to break down that protein to get that energy. So glucose and like simple, simple sugars, like table sugars, like um, just simpler sugars go directly into the bloodstream. So when you're exercising, your body uses that glucose immediately for the muscles for energy during your workout. Um, and also carbohydrates is the main energy source for muscles during workouts. That is where we get our energy from. Um, I've kind of encouraged my girls, oh, eat a granola bar before we work out. Just see how you feel. I know it's 7 a.m. I know you can't eat at 6 in the morning sometimes or 5 in the morning. Sure. Eat a granola bar. Just see how you feel. Eat a couple of jelly beans. Eat a couple, you know, just something sugary, simple before you work out and feel the difference. And so many girls have come up to me afterwards. It's like, wow. <laughs> like throughout the whole workout, my energy was great. I was like, good. Like you feel, you can feel the difference when you eat something before and then going to the app like the post-workout nutrition is when you're working out and doing any kind of like intense ish exercise you're breaking down muscle fibers right and so what the post-nutrition or the post-workout snack does is it helps build those muscle fibers back it helps with the recovery process more so than anything else so thinking about pre-workout snacking and post-workout snacking as fuel for my workout and then a recovery or after my workout, helping my body get the energy it needs to perform during my workout and then helping my body get the nutrients it needs to like recover from the workout that I just did. Right. right. Like that mindset more so than calories in, calories out. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. But, well, and the, and the other thing is like post-work, you know, from a, from a post-workout standpoint, when, you know, we talk about carbohydrate is like, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you train, obviously it's a, it's a stressor. Like, so mm -hmm. the, the stress hormone cortisol is, is, is elevated. Carb eating carbs post-workout can blunt that cortisol response. When you, when you get an insulin spike with a carbohydrate that you consume post-workout, you blunt that cortisol response. So your stress hormone doesn't just keep, you know, Firing, yeah. yeah, like you can, you can nip that in the bud. Exactly. And again, like you can feel the difference when you have, when you have yeah. something after you work out. You really can. And I mean, um, during workouts too, it's like with, with female athletes, especially is like going, like teaching them how to push their limits during workouts. I yeah. think that is, it's, it's, it's been difficult for me to teach that to athletes, to female athletes to push themselves during workouts. So what I kind of was, what I found works is having um, percentages, which is not always great, right? Like one rep max percentages. So I make them do sub max testing in the beginning of our season sure. and then have them work at a certain percentage. So give them a, a weight that they need to put on the bar. Because right. most of the time, like it's a struggle, <laughs> like knowing sure. what to put on the bar, right? And then also letting them know that like, okay, today we're doing 85% on bench press, but just take into account your 85% today, it's not your 85% yesterday, and it's not your 85% tomorrow. So knowing what yes. 85 feels like, so I'm trying to teach them at 85, you should maybe have, say we're doing 85% at three reps, you should maybe have a couple more reps left. You shouldn't be failing, right? Right. right. You should have a couple more reps left in the tank. Yeah. But um, just teaching them how that feels, how that right. stimulus to get close to that max, how that right. feels. So that when we're lifting, they know where, where, where is, where, how, how much I need to push myself, you know? Right. Right. Get the benefit out of the workout. Cause previously, if I didn't assign them percentages, the girls physically not put weight on the bar. They just wouldn't. And they, and, and, and as you know, like girls, guys, it does not matter if you have a younger, if you're, if you have a, um, a, a younger training age for lack of a better way to put it, if, if your training age isn't super high, people have a hard time with RPEs and RIRs and like how it's actually supposed to feel when we want. And, and we, we don't use percentages at the system. We use yeah. or down at the, down at the facility. We use everything. Everything is RPE based, Yeah. but we also have four coaches on the floor and it's like, I can tell when something is not mm -hmm. a seven or an eight or, you know, even like sometimes Absolutely. if we are pushing like an eight and a half or, or a nine RPE, like, yeah, I can tell that that goblet squat that you just did, you could literally do 10 more reps. Like, yeah. and so again, and, but you're, you hit the nail on the head with, yes, we're using percentage-based systems, but realize, we also realize that like my 85%, like on this day where, and again, that's where like, you know, you watch the football strength and conditioning coach and the, the football weight room where like on their max day, the music's turned up, they've all taken pre-workout, they're all super, super jacked up. They Maybe they're flickering the lights or doing something crazy with like the, okay, like, unless you're going to replicate that every single time you come in the weight room, yeah. And like, you can get guys like, cause you know, a lot of times guys will know like, all right, like the max day is like on this day. So like, I'm going to get really good sleep. Like on these nights, like, you know, as a college athlete, like a lot of these kids, like they might go out the night before a training session. Like they might come in, like, I mean, I'm sure like, <laughs> I remember when I was in school, like 
we would have kids come to the weight room and like the next morning, like you could still smell alcohol in the breath when you were talking to them. It's like, holy crap. Like, yeah, like you need to go home and sleep. Like this is literally, do- this is just throwing, like this is throwing gasoline on a fire. Like this is, yep. this is, this is terrible. Like whatever we're doing in here is not productive at all. But it's like, no. but it's like, you know, again, I, 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 percentage-based systems are, are, are totally cool when you take into account that like whatever your, whatever your percentage is might not, it, it, it could be up or down yes. depending on sleep, depending on nutrition, depending on exactly. stress, depending on all of these other, all of these other factors. Exactly. And like, so in where, where I'm at, it's, I'm, I have 30 girls and it's just me, right? <laughs> I'm only one training them. So that's kind of how I had to figure out how to get, like motivate them to do more, push them to like see their potential. Cause that's the thing too. Like, the, Girls don't realize how strong they are. <laughs> no, God, no, no. They don't. And like, it's it's amazing to see like the excitement in their faces and in their like body languages when they realize like their potential in the weight room. It's empowering. It's so fun to be so strong. empowering. It's fun to be strong. <laughs> like, yes. And and like improving. Like I had some freshman lacrosse players come in. We do trap bar deadlift because of the group size, and I can't really, you know hone in on the specifics but we do trap bar deadlift as our main lower body lift and we do too uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just so easier and we do that and then um they came in and like i mean like don't haven't been in the weight room ever in their whole lives um like barely putting on a plate like barely Right. right and i had them come up to me two weeks ago and i i had a good off season with them the whole of last semester so we're in season right now and I had them come up to me right before season and they're like, Carlo, we just, we just did two plates. Like we just did two plates. And like, I almost felt like crying. I was like, you're kidding. <laughs> like, That's insane. I'm like, good job. It was, it was so crazy. They were so excited. They're excited. They're like, I just did two plates. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. That's, and that's amazing. And that's what, and I think that even, you know, again, we talk about, we talk about performance, we talk about injury risk mitigation, you know, we talk about these things like, and yeah, like those things, those things are important, but like sports are such a, it's such a chaotic environment. You can't prevent injuries in sports. And and like anybody that, let me be, let me be very clear on this because like there are some, you know, you've probably seen the stuff, the the, the GOTA and all this stuff. Like you can't prevent injuries in sports. It's, it's too, it's too chaotic. It's too, it's too dynamic. Like it, things yeah. happen. You land on people, you, you jump, you fall, you it, like things, things happen. So like the things that we're doing, yes, injury risk mitigation is what I like to like call it, but like it, it's, it's too chaotic of an, of an environment to, to, to say that, you know, we're, preventing injuries with what we're doing because that that's just Absolutely. that's that's not that's not realistic but by the same token like even just the girls and the guys and whoever like in a, in a performance environment and strength strength and conditioning session like even if even if they're getting you know stronger and like they're feeling better like psychologically even just that can help your performance Absolutely. I had my last team had a, a spring break trip last week and they played four games. So right in season four games, right off the bat. And if you've watched women's lacrosse, it's hectic. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a yeah. hectic sport. Like the, the demand of that sport is crazy. And um, they came in this morning, 7am lift, like tired, like spring sure. break was tough. 
one of the teammates had a 21st birthday this weekend. <laughs> so we also know spring break ended well for them too on that note. <laughs> so, sure. so I like take all these things into factor and they're tired. Like they're sore. Like there be a couple of injuries, nothing crazy, just freak accidents that happened over the week. And um, I brought them up together before we started training. And I'm like, like I know we don't really want to be here. We'd rather be sleeping. Right. Of course. Um, but after this workout, you will feel better. You'll like feel, you're better. Gonna feel better. Like 120%, you'll feel better. And if you don't, then like, you don't have to come again. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like you will feel better. And like, after the workout too, you could just like see like facial, facial expression wise, body language wise. They were like, okay, like let's go, you know? Perked up, perked up, ready <laughs> yeah, for the day. Like, yeah. Like even in season, if that's all we do is like, just help them move. Right. and help them um just feel better like get the start of the day off right you know and just um mental health wise too i think we we all know in the exercise field how much training impacts your mental health right yep. like hormone levels and stuff yep. so just coming in and getting that little peak for the, at the start of your day before you have to go to class deal with your roommates go to practice try and eat like you know do all these things is that start of the day is just gonna like kind of set the pace for the rest of the week and that's yeah. if that's all we do great <laughs> yeah no that's huge that's huge i mean absolutely there was something there was something i wanted to ask you but it kind of left me um i guess like i guess like what are your what from a from a coaching, from a coaching standpoint, like, I guess, what are your biggest, what are your biggest struggles? Coaching wise, let's think. <laughs> How about this? Let's circle back to the misconceptions about strength training and golf. Cause I, there was something that there, you, there was something, there was something else that I wanted to that I wanted to touch on too. And it like, yeah, so strength training with golf. So I started how my strength and conditioning journey started as I did, um, my certification in the, uh, TBI certification. Okay. So the Titleist performance Institute. So what we do is we analyze, uh, movement in golfers and then kind of predict like weaknesses in mobility and flexibility and strength that influence the golf swing. So it's very interesting. It's awesome. I love it. But that connected back to how do we fix that strength training, right? Like, how are you fixing your imbalances? How are you fixing those things? Strength training. So traditionally, golf strength training in general is a lot of mobility and movement more so. And like, it was frustrating for me as a college golfer to go into the weight room and having <laughs> the exercises be something that like is very elementary, like very basic basic like three sets of eight goblet squats like like very just elementary because because the misconception about golfers like we're not lifters right like we're not strength athletes so like you you hear golf and you don't really know and you're like oh well like let's do movement which is great like it, it needs to be done for sure but golf is a power sport it's a yeah. power sport. like and eventually and eventually yes a three by eight goblet squat like everybody's going to graduate to you know having but to that, load yeah. something and challenge challenge the system because obviously like and correct me if i'm wrong like yeah. i haven't worked with 
any golfers, but like the, the, the goal in a, you know, in a, in a weight room and a strength setting is like, you, you want to train for outputs exactly, and like a three by eight goblet squat eventually, like you can't just do that forever no, and, and like, expect like a to eight in a gpp a general like we're getting into the the semester we're starting off great like perfect right, right? and like i love goblet squats i, <laughs> I love sure. no 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 yeah let, let me but let's like, be clear that yeah would be, that would be your peak program would be a three-way goblet squat like that would be your lower body you know what i'm saying like that would be yes. your main lift yes and just like when i was a freshman most of my teammates were like recreational weightlifters, like just enjoy lifting in general and being fit and healthy. And so being in the weight room at 6 a.m. in the morning was a waste of time. It was honestly a waste of time. Like it didn't do us any good. Like because right. because it felt like also from a like athlete perspective, it's like, oh yeah, it's just golf. You know, shove right. it. Like put them on the side, give them a couple of bubbles, they'll be fine. <laughs> right. Like that's literally the mentality for when I started with strength and conditioning. And like rehabbing myself and my back injuries like I wasn't able to touch my toes freshman sophomore year without pitching oh wow from golf and I'm conventionally deadlifted 265 at the moment right like right. that like how you know like the strength training is what like, yeah, brought me there like strength right. training is the only thing that brought me <laughs> to move better right and so half of my and created team, more and created more resilience for your lower back exactly yeah. and like like golfers too like you have you have the technique if you're if you're playing college golf you can play golf right <laughs> like you can, Duh, how can yeah. how can we enhance that right? right um power output like why like why aren't we training like golfers like your baseball athletes like your batters like it's the same thing it's this, the rotational power why aren't we training more rotational power? rotational power right like why why is that not like your main focus when you get a group of golfers you know right. and like general strength and conditioning i feel like too, like general strength and conditioning through all the athletes, through all the teams, through any sport, through any gender, it's basics should be the same. Like everyone should know how to do a bench press. Everyone should know how to do a squat. Everyone should, you know, should have the basics down just because you play golf shouldn't mean that you, <laughs> that you're not lifting, right. That you're not can, doing bench or. Can you squat? Can you hip pinch? Can you horizontally and vertically push and pull? Yeah, the, Can the you general lunch? Athlete model, like again, like, for, for setting them up for beyond college, for beyond yep. college golf, right? Yep. Setting them up for general movement, like yep. these things are just so healthy for you. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. why aren't we not doing that and training them like high power athletes, like right. jumping and throwing? And com compared with your heavy lifts, right? Like that's what mm -hmm. I've been doing. The golf team, and the coach told me the other day, he's like, "This is the first time in my six years at this school that this team's like lifting." <laughs> like being treated like other athletes because we golfers are athletes just like any other sport like it really is if you've if you've ever played golf you know it's very physically demanding sure when you're competing at a high level um i'm a doofus i don't know i'm i i i i try and it frustrates me so much my wife is a really good golfer my brother's like a decent <laughs> golfer um i my the guy who runs our facility clay is an mm -hmm. excellent golfer. Like he's a really, really good golfer, and he's like really into it. Like he, if he could play two or three times a week, he he would if yeah, he could make yeah. if he could make time for it. Um, but like, I mean, do you sprint? Do you sprint your golfers? Like just because like sprinting is good for yes. outputs? Yes, I off season we sprint. Yeah, like like I do off season with lacrosse, like I do off season with women's basketball. Like we yeah. sprint, we sprint, yeah. we throw metal balls, we lift heavy. <laughs> 
and like in golf what makes it nice from personal experience too is like being a little like having a higher intensity workout the week of a tournament is not the worst like it's no. not you know like you can still lift heavy in season like you can well you've seen i'm sure you've seen like you know the the sun strength and conditioning coach Corey sustinger like he talks about this a lot like they're 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 higher they're higher um their higher output strength training days are after game days like yeah. they, they they he matches he matches the he matches the the high with the highs and the lowers with the, you know when they have when guys you know specifically guys that are playing in the nba that have you know 82 i'm just speculating here like i'm yeah. not a nba coach strength and conditioning coach but like yeah. you know it, it, i know how i feel like you know after a game or after a day like playing basketball like i played basketball sunday i hooped on sunday with my friends like on monday i was like you know damn like i'm pretty sore like so like for those guys like it makes sense to like match the the high with the high and like a lower day with like a lower recovery you know mobility session or um you know again some other some some whatever foam rolling soft tissue work whatever whatever it is that 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 floats your boat and whatever makes makes guys makes people feel i I have a i have a friend or old coach of mine that um he travels on the european tour and travels with players so he trains them they lift before sometimes it depends on the player and their preference but they lift before their round or after their own and they lift and most of it yes is it's a lot of its mobility because you're trying to work out swing issues and stuff like that just give them strength at the end of the day like sure. if you look at some of the top golfers like they before the workout they do before their rounds are pretty intense yeah like and like and like golf is changing in that way too like it's becoming more like our tiger woods and brooks kepka and uh, bryson dechambeau like those guys are physically more athletic looking than right. previously so that's helping the case a little bit for strength training in golf sure. it definitely is um but just like injury wise, performance wise, general movement wise, like the general athlete profile is the same for every sport. Your general, yeah. you're an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And that should be like handled the same throughout right. all the sports. And to you improve know? and to improve performance, like we have to we have to train for outputs. So like and what are like and and you know, again, like down at the facility, we try to keep things, you know, like again, we're not just like you said, like we're not doing a bunch of like super like mentally challenged, like Olympic lifting and stuff like that. It's like, you know, let's, let's trap our deadlift. Let's jump, let's sprint. Like these are high, you know, these are high output, even like a, you know, like a safety bar split squat or like a front, a, a, a front rack split squat. Like, you know, we can push for outputs on exercises that are like, you know, pretty easy to learn. And like, you just, do it and like try to progressively get stronger over time. And like, like you said, like, I I think, um, I think a lot of people, I think, you know, people really overcomplicate it, but then like the other thing that obviously there's like the misconceptions about like, and we, we, (laughs) it was, it's, it's, it's good to hear you say this. And like, hopefully again, some of the volleyball girls will listen to this because like we, we talked to them about like coming to the facility on Friday, like before their weekend club, tournament like come to the facility on friday like maybe it won't be like maybe the 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 session that we do that day won't be like exactly what your sheet says you know since you have a tournament but like 
you know, maybe we can keep, you know, the volume relatively low, but keep the intensity, you know, relatively high. And like, you kind of get that, like, almost of a nervous, like a nervous system, like boost before, and like you get a performance boost before you go into that, into that weekend tournament. Absolutely. And that, that too, like the, the, um, like you said, going, I I feel like it's worse going from doing nothing to just all of a sudden having a super hard game day, like just throwing your body in the ringer, right? Like kind of preparing your body for that and preparing your body, like your um, muscular system for that stimulus. Like, Hey, like tomorrow's going to be a little tough, right? (laughs) Like, let's get ready. Right. Let's get ready for that. Let's prepare for that instead of like resting the week before. And then all of a sudden just like having a jump in and play a full game and hurting yourself, which is probably the progression of that. Yeah. Well, and it's like, even we we talk about basketball and like, you know, guys that like, you know, just they'll, they'll, you want an easy way to like, you know, flare up tendons and stuff like that, like go zero to a hundred, you know, like don't do anything, like don't do any kind of like, you know, heavier eccentrics or like heavier isometrics or like any kind of like good quality, you know, tendon work and then just go, play a whole weekend of AAU, like, you know, like those, those kind of things, like we can, we can, <laughs> we can make those things, we can make those things dissipate with just some good quality strength training, some good quality training, some good quality. And like, and like we mentioned too, like just the mental health aspect too of it, just yeah. kind of prepping yourself, like making it a pre-game ritual, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we're going in, doing some recovery, doing some movement, and then lifting a little, doing a little lift, feeling better, feeling stronger, getting the blood flowing in the muscles, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I literally listened to, a, I listened to like, and it's, it's literally nothing. It's like two, two, two sets of five trap bar deadlift, like yeah. with a higher intensity or like, you know, a three by three, like on a trap bar, the higher intensity, it's like, guys, it's nothing crazy. You know, something like, something like literally just that, you know, and maybe some light you know, some light mobility stuff, like that can do, that can do wonders for, for your performance. Um, you know, going, going into a, going into a game or, you know, again, like just in general and preparation for the following contests that are, that are to come. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Like like this morning, I guess I did with my lax team out coming out of spring break, we did like a three by two trap bar after warming up. So their main sets Beautiful. with like some kettlebell swings, we did bench press, some med ball throws, like get the strength and the power output. Yeah, yeah. I told them, I'm like, to this point, you guys are highly trained, highly trained athletes right. <laughs> you know, in this weight room, right? We've worked for the last how's it, six months, five yeah. months to get to this point. So a three by two at your 85% is nothing. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> anyway, like- nothing <laughs> yeah that's literally it's it, it literally like i just thinking about that now for myself like yeah. i'm almost i almost want to do it like next weekend before i play basketball like on saturday yeah. like do do a like a, a heavier lower volume higher intensity like you know trap bar deadlift session and just see how i feel like on sunday you know like and, and I've, i mean i've done these things before just like i mean i just with you know having a wife and children and yeah. like, a, like you know i have a lot of different things so like i just try to make yeah like getting to getting getting three training sessions a weekend is like sometimes challenging yeah but, and i mean uh, even <laughs> even for me that coming back to like trying my relationship with exercise like i thought for the longest time and i'm not gonna admit how long <laughs> that i had to exercise five to six days a week right. but that was then that was what i had to do to to look a certain way to feel a certain way to perform a certain way 
which is like <laughs> the furthest thing from the truth and the, the, the worst thing you could do for yourself is having no. that mindset right right um and also like just general population too i feel like people people the fitness industry is a scary place to step into man. <laughs> like scary. like the, the, the just so many misconceptions right like um having three days a week even two days of really good training sessions is plenty plenty yeah. plenty plenty and yeah. just making sure you're moving the other days like just a little walk every now and then um just moving right doing some stretching yoga if whatever you like whatever is in your ballpark uh, but strength training wise two to three days is plenty if you're doing the right work with those days plenty. one thousand <laughs> one thousand percent and that you hit the nail on the head like it's literally what i tell clients and athletes alike is like yeah you don't need to train you don't need to lift you know you don't need to strength train five or six days a week to get to get good results you know like and again, like, are there people out there that prefer that? And they like that? And like, sure. And like, if you can recover from that, your lifestyle's on point, your sleep's on point. That's, that's totally fine, too. But most people's lives are not set up in that kind of a way. Like we have jobs, we have dynamic, we have relationships, we have kids, we have, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, even just on a very micro level on a daily basis. So it's like, um, you know, you can get great results and get the same results with like with 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 less and again like on those other days like like you said just i encourage people just move your body just mm-hmm. go for go for go for a walk do some mobility stuff do some stretching do like you said yoga whatever whatever you whatever you enjoy biking swimming hiking mm-hmm. like all of it like it's any movement is 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 good um exactly. but yeah it doesn't you don't you don't have to go you don't have to go balls to the wall seven days a week, six days a week, five no, days a week. it's just, and like recovering too, and like as you get older too, <laughs> it takes a little longer, right? Like it takes yeah. a little longer to get back to, <laughs> back to a hundred percent. And um, yeah, I just realized too, like in, in all areas, in nutrition, in performance, mental health, all those things, like quality over quantity, any day, anytime, yes. in all those things, 100%. like quality foods, quality rest quality like things that actually benefit your mental health quality workouts versus doing them a bunch (laughs) and like I learned that the most with the playing golf honestly it's because golf can get very technical (laughs) skill specific and you at the end of the time like you could be you could be hitting balls and going to the driving range for two or three hours and you can do the same work that the same work that you did in those two and three hours in 10 minutes 20 minutes if you were productive and if it was a quality practice session right and so I think as we get older too, our time gets less like quality sessions over quantity like right doesn't matter how many times you do it if it's a good session it's a good session and you that's it for the week you know (laughs) or for like until until you can and then I've had two friends of mine that have asked me so like how many times a week you know should be exercise I'm like like, I'll be honest, like I'm doing two to three times at the moment, like when I have time. So mostly my Monday through Wednesday is how, like, I don't have time. Like I don't right. have time to like breathe Right. on Thursday. I'm like, okay, where are we at? Right? <laughs> and so <laughs> my fiance and I, so he was old, he was a football player. Yeah. And so that adjustment period too from being like that. He's jacked by the way. So jacked. <laughs> so I was again, like, I, I was, you? I was looking at your guys' story the other day. I was looking at his quads. I was like, wow <laughs> he's, just, 
And he is hands down the strongest person I've ever met in my whole life. Like doesn't even try to be. He's 5'11". Just the strongest human I've ever like come across. Football it's not players, man. <laughs> different breed. So, and like even for him adjusting from like training for football and that's all he did for the last 12, 30, 40 years of his life was training right. to be a football player. Now adjusting in this last year to being a full-time working, like functioning human being. Right. Um, to getting back into strength training and he he also does maybe two to three times a week maybe like and his wow. physique has been like been great like he's he's felt better than he's ever felt in his whole life right right yeah he eats great he feels great and we usually work out friday saturday sunday because that's when we have time yeah yeah and i mean <laughs> and, it, what what people don't really like is as long as protein intake is 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 sufficient and you know again you're doing the right things nutritionally with your sleep like yeah. Again, minimal effective dose. Like you really, you really don't have to. Now, again, I we're, we're speaking, I guess, more to like people who are well trained and like already have yes. muscle yes. and have already gained strength and already have have that base. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's so important. And like, too, like if you're someone that's starting out with a fitness journey or starting out with getting into this kind of field a little bit, um, you utilize your summers. Utilize your summers. <laughs> it's yeah. all like I can say so many times, but strength training, getting outside, running, walking, because like the half of America is like frozen. Yep. <laughs> from like where we live, from where I live, but yeah, from like where I live up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I'm at that upper, upper limit. <laughs> I'm almost yeah. in Canada. So I feel like, it, yeah, I feel like it snows every time you're post, like every time you're outside, it's like snow. It is so much snow, but it's, <laughs> so when you're starting a fitness journey or when you're starting, you want to get to that train, right? You, you only need about what, like eight, 12 weeks realistically to get yeah. to well-trained. Use your summer, you utilize your time outside, utilize your time being active at the beach with your family and playing yeah games on the beach like stuff like just activity in general spike ball much easier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly spike ball can get very competitive very competitive it's so, much, it's so much easier in the summer to do that and like you have to realize that too like your summer activity level is very hard to keep up with in the winter right. too nearly impossible if you live in a colder place right yep. Yep. um so like having yourself like getting to like the mental health side of it too, like not setting your standards super high for yourself during the winter for exercise yep. and movement. Um, it is difficult. And especially athletes too, and like winter sport athletes, tough man. Yeah, no, super <laughs> tough. It's not easy, but like making sure that you are like willing mentally to adjust to all these like changes, like your, your life, like training wise is not going to be consistent ever. Right. Yeah. 100%. So you have to do what is right for you, what you feel good about and like, like learning how to when you're eating and when you're exercising like does that make me feel good like right. do I feel better doing it this way or do I not and then try something different right yep. um instead of eating or working out in a way that people are telling you to do because like it's going to be different for everyone everyone is going to be different like everyone 100%. is physically built different and right. mentally wired different so figuring out as an athlete too like okay like my teammates love running. And so I don't love running. I'd rather go to the rec center and bike or do a yoga class or something. Doing that instead, not feeling forced to do what everyone else is doing, but do what's better for your mental health, right? Yeah. Prioritize that when it comes what to fills up, What fills up your bucket? What makes you feel yeah. good? And yeah. like I, I, tell, I tell the athletes I work with too, I'm like, this strength training, this type of strength training that we do for performance and explosiveness and stuff might not be for you. 
Like we're doing this for performance, yes. But when you leave the weight room, like this is not maybe the training that you want to do when you leave, right? right. But I'm like strength, there's so many ways you can do it. So many ways. Like yep. Yep, you know, and yep, I, 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 I tell them too, I'm like, you have to figure out what you like. Some of my girls like circuit type workouts, more, like, yep. like the circuit yep. thing. I love that. Sure. I'm like, great. So that like, when you go to work with you at a weight room in the summer and like outside of our programming, then that's what you do. Cause you like it. Yeah. yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. You like weight, like heavier lifting, then that's what you're going to do. Like you're going to yep. lift that. Like that's yep. just finding what works for you and what works for your body your mental health is kind of kind of kind of the goal right to figure right. out what we at and like too like transitioning from high school to college to after college to adult life like all these like transitions it's like it's changes it's frequently changing yeah just figuring out what's working for me in this moment what am i what's making me happy what is ebbs know? and flows in life 100 percent. that's Absolutely. so just, huge and adjusting your adjusting your fitness and adjusting your performance training with that Right. Yep. It, it has to be, like these things have to benefit each other. Like your performance has to benefit your mental health. Your mental health has to benefit from your nutrition. Right? Your nutrition has to benefit your performance. Like it can't right. be one or the other. It has to right. all like benefit each other and work together to like help you as a as an athlete and a human being during and after sport. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's this whole it's a whole everything works, everything works together as we, and we talked about that earlier, but yeah. like, I, I guess like the one thing I, I just want you, I want you to talk, talk to your athletes. Cause hopefully some of them listen to this, talk to your athletes and talk to some of the female athletes. It's silly. Give us three, give me three, like three big takeaways or three big, like Kara's three big points or takeaways <laughs> for, for, for female athletes, whatever, whatever, whatever the first three are that come, that come to your mind. Obviously we've talked about a lot of stuff. So like, there's some yeah. good take, there's some good takeaways, um, for, for, for them on this podcast, but like, um, what are your three biggest, three biggest things, three biggest things you want to say to like female athletes? Awesome. Yeah. The, the first thing definitely will probably be a number one. If we were to rank them is prioritize your performance, the performance umbrella term, right? Like performance, mental health, work like fitness like your strength and conditioning side you're working out practicing and then your nutrition so um prioritize that especially during season like that is your focus our focus is to be great athletes during season so make that your focus your focus is when you're eating it's for fuel it's to fuel me during this work it's to fuel me after it's to fuel it's to fuel my performance like everything you do during season is for your performance right yep. Mental health to huge, 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 especially in college, there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, you have to prioritize like mentally, like what is affecting my performance negatively, what is affecting it positively, and doing the stuff that helps your performance at the end of the day. Um, secondly, definitely don't be scared to lift heavy. Like, don't be scared to, <laughs> to with good form and good instruction in a controlled environment. It it is honestly the most empowered empowering thing I have ever done for myself. And I, I've been in a, I'm in a male dom, dominant like field golf yeah. too, like also male dominant, like everything I've done in my life has been more in a male dominant field as a female, um, which like, that's a whole other loop you can go into, but just psychologically, like lifting heavy, heavier and improving your performance that way can be so beneficial and empowering in so many ways. Right. It really, really can. And it can be, it could be, it could be huge for some, for some people. Right. And then, um, third thing 
what would I like to say for the third thing? About performance. And honestly, those you hit the nail. Yeah, I kind of covered a bunch, a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, no, those were those were those were literally perfect. Those were literally perfect. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of the one of the things you had mentioned was, and I guess this this is more of a more of a personal thing, but like yeah. going back to like I'm just curious, like what 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 were the what were the food differences between like here and like mm -hmm. home? Like the biggest, um, the biggest thing, because obviously, like calorically, obviously cal calorically, we live in America and we're just surrounded by calories all the time. But. Portion size is huge. Yeah, very very big. <laughs> um, the tendencies, like breakfast foods in America, are very interesting most of the time for me. <laughs> yeah, that was very different. Um, breakfast wise and then just in general I think most of it is the sourcing so that's what I've like in my personal life and stuff I've been trying to do too like I think most Americans eat balanced they do like eat like kind of in the ballpark but like where are you getting your meats where are we getting our produce from you know where are we because <laughs> at home like honestly the big difference here everything is mass-produced everything so everything is mass produced. It's made the cheapest it can be. It's made um, as many products as they can make. In the cafeteria setting, they're trying to preserve all this food for long-term use, like all those things. At home, we have smaller farms, so smaller like cattle farms, smaller um, vegetable farms and stuff. So the, the like there's not that mass production. And I think a lot of nutritional value gets lost in that mass production. Um, my stomach had a hard time when I got to America and you can ask 90% of international students when they come to America, it takes a couple of weeks to adjust. So crazy. Even if you're eating the exact same thing, even if you're eating the exact same thing that you would eat at home, like you would still feel it. You would still feel it. Like, you, it, hear, unfortunately. you hear people like in the States, like that go to, you know, different countries and they talk about how like whatever they eat pasta or they eat different dishes and they're like, it doesn't like, it doesn't seem to like mess with my digestive tract like it does back home. And it's like, well, like, yeah, because they, they have better food standards and like yeah, everything like, isn't mass produced. Like simple things too, like baking from scratch, right? Like here we have everything, like we buy packets and throw an egg and a butter stick in it. And then it makes a bunch of cookies, right? which is great. Super convenient. But like sure. too, in the general aspect of things, like, <clears throat> making everything from scratch, making sauces from scratch, making like bread from scratch, like making just like the foods that we deem as like unhealthy, right? Because they make you gain weight. It's like at home, everyone eats the same. Like they eat the same thing you guys hear. Less fast food, I will say that. But <laughs> but like the the general like food is the, is the same, you know? Right. It's just things just are here made to be fast and made to right. be mass produced, which at home it's a little different. So that, that factor for sure and just like two I think somewhere in the last couple of years and I mean probably two from the, like the capitalization of the food industry right the um, balanced meals have kind of got lost in, in context somewhere right like what a balanced meal should look like like what we should be eating in a meal just in, in general right and 
um, somewhere got lost a little bit, like breakfast foods. Like I was super surprised. I, I, I still, my, my parents still tell their friends about this, about the massive donut trays that we have in the cafeterias. <laughs> <at breakfast. laughs> and that's not a thing. And Namibia. <laughs> no, it's, it's eggs and eggs and toast and bacon. Like, right. it's, yeah. you know, it's like, that's your breakfast. Your breakfast is not like sugary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is great every now and then, I must say. And then sure. portion, size, portion sizes here are insane. Right. Like, I had my first visit last May. And um, just the way, like, my fiance and I eat, like, we kind of plan our days around food. Sure. Like, when are we eating what? What are we making? You know, all that stuff. Right. And by the third, fourth day of just taking them through our routine, and maybe we did a couple of more restaurants than we would generally, but not the the bar, like, the bar food restaurants, more of the... Like I would say healthier, quote unquote. Healthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like better food, whatever. Just better quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and after the third or fourth day, my grandma was like, (laughs) she was like, I don't know how you guys do this. She's like, I can't eat anything anymore. She's like, I've eaten so much in the last (laughs) three, like more than I have this entire year. So she said, "That's so crazy." If you see me eat anything, slap it out of my hand. It's (laughs) just so crazy the the cultural the cultural difference in in food like between you know people who are outside of the states there's just it's 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 very it's very eye-opening to 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 speak with someone who has such a different food upbringing yeah and it it just like i said just the whole going back to the whole foods the whole nutrients you're sourcing like where does your stuff come from right try and make stuff yourself like stuff like that it it benefit i mean like i said i went through all of this too with being in college and trying to save money and like trying to do all these things when it comes to food and so on yeah. but like at the end of the day like that's going to make you feel better and help your performance and all that stuff too. not no. cutting not cutting anything or limiting yourself but sourcing correctly no and doubt getting yep. your food from the right sources if that makes yep. sense no 100 100 love it um i want to respect your time i know we're you you've probably yeah. got a place to be um the, yeah. the i know i told you i didn't have any scripted scripted questions there is yeah. there's one thing i've been asking everybody though um is just like favorite thing about like your job about strength and conditioning favorite thing about you know whatever fitness industry strength and conditioning industry like what you do and then th- let's do favorite thing first and then you can do least favorite okay um definitely favorite thing is the impact i can have on the rest of someone's life in the short amount of time that i can work with them um even if it's yeah i mean exercise um relationships right like relationship with exercise and stuff not, not even that, but just um, mindset-wise too, just the impact. I think coaches, especially coaches and teachers, forget the impact you have on your athletes. Yep. You really do. You have such a huge impact. And what you say- Positively, and, positively or negatively. Yes. So what you say can either help them for the rest of their life or it can send them into a spiral for the rest of their life or they'll remember it. For the rest. Like they're going to remember what you say, regardless of what it is for the rest of their lives, right? 100%. The impact we have is astronomical. So 100%. I think that's my favorite thing about the industry. And the least favorite thing <laughs> is where we're getting to, right? Least favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's just the amount of misinformation and the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's um that's up there for me. Like that it, I mean I it's hard for it would it would be hard for me to like to have something else that's yeah i mean that's it 100 because like even like when i think about like 
parents and stuff that like come to us and ask us questions. Like it's all based on things that are on the internet or they heard it on mainstream media or, you know, whatever, like it's. And then yeah. too, like making sure I know it's very popular to like body check before you either post your what I eat in a day or before you post your workout for the general fitness population. This is what I look like. So this is, if you train like me and eat like me, you'll look like me, that mindset, which is terrific. Right. Um, getting your information from people that are qualified to do so qualified to give information, realizing that the advice that's on the internet is at its advice. It's, it's, it's people's experiences, what they found worked best for them. Right. And you have to remember that. Like if you do a certain thing that someone like someone, Oh, I look like this. I lost how many of your pounds, like whatever, you know, probably not going to work for you. Like that's not right. the, the, the little realistic Right. Thing. So getting your information from people with the qualifications, getting your meal plans and getting help from dietitians, getting right. workout programs from, I would like to say, performance coaches, that people that specialize in these things, not in an everyday personal trainer, because it's so different. It's so Yeah, different. it is. And I mean, there, there's definitely good, there's definitely good ones out there. But even the good personal trainers are going above and beyond and trying to, you know, whatever, like, get a CSCS or, you know, like really expand their knowledge past just a NASM cert or, you know, some other, some other kind of like, you know. And I mean, they, they are some of like, I mean, I've come across personal trainers that know so much about exercising and the body and movements and what exercises can benefit you most here or there. Um, there are really great personal trainers out there for sure. Cause they're sure. good at their field. Right. But you have sure. to realize the scope of, where these professionals move in. Yep. And I think to people understanding, because I think there's also, you probably know, misconception of what a strength and conditioning coach is. Right, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, and, and just like that whole thing to, yeah, who, who do we trust when we need help? Like, who do we look to? Where do we read? Like all these things. And it's so hard because we, even like we talked about like a little bit off air, it's like, you know, we know people even in the strength and conditioning industry that were like, you know, p potentially perpetuating like mm -hmm. things that aren't super healthy, like relationship wise with exercise and like, you know, long-term mental health and like, you know, everything Absolutely. being this like military dictator style. And that's super, that's, that's, a, that's a super big turnoff for, you know, a lot, of, a lot of athletes and just general fitness, you know, consumers as well. Oh, and, and like realizing to the variability in the, the fitness industry too, like if you don't like the, the way the one person's find a different coach right <laughs> if you don't yeah. like one type of exercise do something else try something else like try things try crossfit try running try biking try everything until you yeah. find something that you like you know yeah you have you have like and that's a that's a that's so huge that you said that because like a lot of people will like they're, they're like oh i need to be loyal to this person like well if that person's like either you're not like enjoying what you're doing or like maybe they're just you know maybe you don't maybe they're just not you know, maybe they're not a great person. Like maybe they're, yeah. maybe that maybe they don't really care about you. Maybe they're not like over delivering on value. Like, guess what? You have options, like a lot of options, so many options, like in, in today's like fitness and, and, and training world to, to, you know, to different avenues to, to, to go down. So. Exactly. And like, again, coming back to that one point, like prioritizing your performance in every single aspect, like does this person make me feel good? Does he make, you know, does, 
if, if, if like my mom always says this and <laughs> if a person in, in all aspects of your relationship doesn't add value to your life, it does, if it doesn't, if they don't like influence your life positively, then, then why are they, why are they there? Right. Like, why are the, you letting them influence your life in that way? No, I love that. Why aren't we? No. Yeah. That's Valuing. great. I, no, I think that's, I think that's a great, I think that's a great, great, uh, great way to end. Um, Kara, tell, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, this has been awesome. We're going to have to, we're gonna have to do this again and sit down. Absolutely. Top shop. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So on Instagram, I am Caro underscore else. So C A R O uh, underscore E L S. Um, I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> I've been trying to get into the TikTok game, but it, I'm not going to admit how long it takes me to make TikToks. <laughs> like an absurd amount of time which i don't have but i'm gonna i'm trying <laughs> there we go love also, it also carl else but you can find everything through instagram that's mainly my awesome me up. awesome Kara, thank thanks you. for thanks so much for uh for coming on awesome yeah have a great day thank you so much